Hi, and welcome back to Campwire. Today's episode is sponsored by Chuck E. Cheese. Everyone knows Chuck E. Cheese is great for birthday parties, but did you know they also have a group events package that is perfect for camps? Let Chuck E. Cheese be the place you take your campers on a field trip or your go-to destination on rainy days. Booking events is easy at ChuckEcheese.com. Pick your date and time, and you'll receive a special deal for pizza, unlimited drinks, and gameplay. Take your campers to a place you know they will love at your local Chuck E. Cheese. Finally, it's spring. Uh, a lot of camps are starting to get into that last stretch of preparation mode for the summer uh, camp season, and, and a huge task during that season is hiring staff. So luckily, I was fortunate to talk with Kim Acock and Deb Jordan, who have both written and presented on this topic at various camp conferences, including our national conference, uh, about a month and a half ago in Orlando. Kim Acock has 30-plus years of experience training camp staff at all levels. She speaks at regional and national conferences and is a contributor to Camping Magazine. Deb Jordan has been conducting workshops on diversity, leadership, ethics, and evaluation for many years. Deb has written two textbooks on leadership and programming and was a speaker at National Conference. Kim and Deb, along with Gwen Powell, co-authored a piece on staff in the January-February edition of Camping Magazine. Here's our conversation. Kim and Deb, thanks again for being here with me uh, on uh, Campwire. So I'm just going to start with a kind of a general question. I've asked a similar question in different aspects of other um, episodes. Sort of, it kind of gets down to the why of camp. And so the first question I, I really want to get into is why should college students work at camp? Well, I'm, I'm at a university, and I can tell you from uh, the seeing the students who've worked at camps and those who have not, there's actually there's a difference in the students who have worked at camps in terms of um, teamwork and um, under, just understanding people in general. But there are a ton of skills that um, college students can get at camps that I think we don't um, advertise enough, if you will, in terms of talking to, to young people. Um, certainly, we've, we've talked uh, these days about 21st century learning skills. And those are something that are uh, definitely a, um, an area that people learn about at camp, looking at conflict resolution, uh, teamwork, creativity, um, critical thinking, communication, those sorts of things. Students have opportunities at camps to engage in a lot of personal leadership development that they don't oftentimes get in other summer job types of experiences. So I think it's an opportunity for young people to really learn about themselves as well as how to work with other people. Hmm. Kim, do you have right. other ideas? Well, I would just add to that, Deb, just saying that um, I think regardless of what, what career um, a student's path takes them on, there's something at camp, there's something for everyone at camp that can be learned that, that helps with the um, relationships of jobs and the um, work, like you mentioned, working together with other people and there's more of those soft skills. Um, I think 
students come out of college having the hard skills that they need based on their various programs and things like that. But just really getting some of those soft skills that camps are so great at. um, Those are the things that sometimes I think go unrecognized um, in terms of students knowing that even that is even a something that they sort of get um, just by the by the um, uh, working at camp so so yeah that's often underappreciated by faculty as well not fully understanding what it is that students actually get at camp I think they oftentimes think that the students are just playing with the kids all summer long when uh, we know there's so much more to it than that. So students have opportunities to engage in things at camp that, again, I don't think they get at a lot of other summer job opportunities. Right, right. You know, there, there's, a, there's a camp culture at every camp, and a really great camp culture sometimes just organically attracts staff. For instance, I worked at a camp, and I felt like there, people were just dying to work there. Um, I'm not sure if that's normal. Uh, I know that a lot of camps are struggling and, and I'm sure that there are things that could improve at those camps that are struggling to attract staff. But what are some of the successful things that the good, that camps that are finding staff, what are they doing to find them? Well, there's a couple different ways to think about that question. I think um, one, um, looking at um, camps who are successful at getting staff, part of it has to do with um, if they have a really strong Um, like CIT, LIT, SIT, whatever um, acronym you want to use for counselor and training or leader and leadership and training. Um, And so there's a bridge from a transition from being a camper to being a counselor. So some camps, of course, grow their own staff um, and and have been very successful at that, but um, have to be very intentional about about that, just um, working with um, the, the high school age students to make sure that they're ready to make that transition and also helping the parents understanding that transition. Um, Parents are so used to um, their child being a camper and then all of a sudden it looks different when they are a staff member. And so mom and dad don't have to fill out the application anymore. Mom and dad don't have to send the forms in, all those kinds of things. So um, I think really being intentional about the transition from being camper to counselor is one way to be in, for camps to be successful in, in finding the quality staff because um, those those um, staff members know camp the best because they grew up in that system um, and they have been um, participants in all the different activities and um, and they know what makes an activity run really well and what makes an activity not run so well. And so sometimes I think, you know, just by – Tapping into their experience um, for from being campers themselves um, can make really awesome um, staff members. So, um, and then and then if of course a lot of camps, you know, um, also want to hire new staff. So people bringing in fresh ideas and and. Um, things that um, wouldn't have come any other way. Um, and so starting some new traditions as well. And so um, finding new staff, I think, can be can be tricky. Um, and so it depends on um, kind of your different, different camps have different ways of going about the, the staffing process. And so, of course, getting the word out, I think um, you tapping into your staff members that you already have, your superstar counselors, and finding out what clubs, what organizations they belong to, what they're active in on campus, maybe even 
finding more a little bit about what they're studying at school so they can get some inroads into helping um, look for um, and recruit, if you will, other staff members who are who are similar to what they what they are and what they um, since they are your superstar counselors, they know what that looks like. And hopefully you've told them what that looks like. And so they're going to be helpful in, in identifying other folks as well. Um, and so even just some things like putting on your staff, on your staff t-shirt, some interesting tagline that would um, promote a conversation. If you happen to see someone standing in, you know, Starbucks or something and it, had something about ask me about my summer job um that can be just some really subtle but powerful way to strike up a conversation with somebody who might not know what what working at camp is is about um of course posting on social media i know most camps are doing that but really thinking about kind of what you're posting on social media posting those um interesting and exciting pictures of staff doing great work and um, maybe, you know, using taglines like make coffee or make a difference. Mm-hmm. Um, so really letting staff know that they do make a difference. And that's what the working at camp is all is all about. Um, or those really cool scene, scenery photos that you get from camp. Um, this could be the view from your office kind of thing. Um, that can be another way to attract somebody to to camp. Deb, how about you want to jump in with any other thoughts that you might have? Yeah, a couple of things that we've heard some from some of the camp directors who have been fairly successful in recruiting new staff. One of them tagging on to what we said, Kim, about the T-shirts. Um, one camp in particular that we talked with, as soon as they hire a new staff member, they send them a T-shirt. They don't wait for them to get to camp so that they can wear it around campus or around town or whatnot and hopefully generate some interest that way. Some of some of what else we've we've heard is is that um, in some cases career fairs work when um, camps come to college campuses. Sometimes they don't work. A number of camp directors have indicated that what seems to work is when they come to college campuses to meet up with one of their alumni staff and then take the alumni staff and some of their friends out for a meal. And those personal interactions seem to make a real difference in terms of uh, getting new staff to, to come on board. One of the other things is um, understanding that college students in particular today really like the immediate and personal contact that they get through uh, texts. So in, rather than emailing uh, students in terms of if somebody expresses an interest, texting them and, and keeping in close contact seems to make a big difference. Um, and just one other thing is um, connecting staff alums with new staff, perhaps uh, setting up a partnership so that there's a bit of a mentorship uh, involved in that process seems to be something that helps camps to be successful in recruiting new staff as well. Right. Well, and that, that thinking about partnerships, so this is going to a different angle, but um, what are some of the ways that colleges and camps are sort of working together uh, to provide credit or internships? Um, if any, I mean, is that happening? It is happening, and it, it, it continues to be a bit of a challenge, though, because uh, depending upon the program of study or major that a student is in at a college or university, uh, their major professors may or may not understand the camp culture and how camp can contribute to somebody's growth in a career. So, for instance, if a student is in construction management in terms of their college 
major, uh, people don't quite understand how working at camp might be helpful. Well, sometimes those students can, can get positions that are related to construction management facilities and, and uh, maintenance and so forth. But again, the people skills, the teamwork, the conflict resolution, the problem solving, all of those translate no matter where um, a student is going to end up working. So a lot of camps, part, part of the onus is on camps, um, which can make their job a little bit challenging, but um, the camps really have to help colleges and universities and individual faculty to understand how their positions can translate into um, potential careers. The internship and academic credit thing tends to be a challenge because every institution has its own requirements for um, what an internship means or what a practicum or an independent study means. Students get different amounts of credit for those experiences. Students have to pay for the college credit for those experiences. Um, there's always academic homework associated with those experiences. And so camps have need, will need to understand each program in each department in terms of what their individual requirements are. And that's something that um, we've got a project that we're working on at the national level called Project Real Job. And that's one of the things that we're working on with that group is trying to get a better handle on what universities and colleges require academically for internships, practica, and independent study. We do know that for the most part with homework uh, assignments related to those types of opportunities, at the very least, students need access to the internet and to a computer at camp. They need time in the evenings to be able to do their homework so that they can send it back to the university and meet those um, credit requirements. Um, one of the other things that's particularly associated with internships is, uh, and here camps and colleges are working together with, with students to create special projects. The students typically have to um, do a culminating project, if you will, while they're at their internship setting. And camps have a wide range of opportunities for students to get involved with that. So that really tends to help in terms of um, getting the, the faculty and so forth to understand what kinds of experiences students can get at camp. Right. One of the other things that we see is, is some um, camp folks are visiting college classes. Um, there's a fine line between visiting a college class and essentially giving a commercial for one's own camp, uh, which tends to be uh, not something that's typically acceptable because um, we'd have a ton of camps wanting to come into our classes rather having camp staff, uh, camp directors and so forth come to our classes and talk about things like youth development or conflict resolution or program planning that relates across the board. And then as a representative of camp, of course, uh, they're doing sort of a, a subtle commercial. Uh, so those are some of the, the different sort of things that, that we're seeing right now. Kim, it looks like you might have right. some other ideas. Yeah, I was, think, I was just thinking, I think sometimes um, camps get really frustrated by, you know, when they're in this hiring process or the recruiting process and they have um, students tell them, oh, well, I have to get an internship. Um, and so instead of just letting that student go on by, find out a little bit more about what, what their internship entails or what, what, their, what goals they might have for themselves in terms of what they would like an internship. And sometimes camps can come up with a um, sort of a, um, an internship type experience that's um, maybe not for college credit, but they're, they're actually 
creating a role for these students at camp so that they're able to get the skills that they would like to have. Um, and so if, you, if your superstar staff tell you that they're applying for an internship, you can bet they're going to get those internships. And so sometimes having that conversation with them and finding out, hey, what are you hoping to, you know, what are you hoping to gain or what skills are you wanting to um, acquire as a result of your internship? Um, and maybe we can help you carve something out here at camp that is, you know, less, it, it's not a formal internship, but it gives you the, the opportunity to learn and gain skills that you wouldn't have, have otherwise been able to, to get. So, um, so just because they tell you they need an internship, um, it's best not to, to um, turn them away too soon and find out a little bit more about what it is that they're really trying to uh, achieve through that experience. So, right. In a, a lot of college uh, internships, because of the nature of them, they require students to get a broad range of experiences. So if camps are recruiting for counselors and a student says, I need to do an internship that gives me an opportunity to at least see or be a part of maintenance or facilities or administration or budgeting or something, then a camp can, can work with that student to perhaps come up with some ways to make that possible so that they may come in at, in a counselor position, but they spend three days working with the maintenance crew or they spend uh, two days in the office getting a little bit better handle on marketing or, or management or whatnot. So those are other kind of, of skill areas students typically need when they're doing internships and independent studies and that kind of thing. Yeah, that's interesting. Um, is there another aspect of this where camps can help employers who aren't necessarily camp people to understand the, these same things? Like we're helping the students understand here's the benefit of that this will be on your resume. Can, is there a place for camps to also educate the employers too? I think that, um, it, Sam, is, is definitely something that we'd like to see um, camp sort of embrace and, and um, if we can collectively um, work and maybe through alumni and things like that, um, kind of because I worked at camp, I am able to, you know, and whatever the skills may be and how those things fit into their job. So even just starting with camp camp alumni and finding out, you know, um, having interviews with them, um, I was working with the camp um, in the fall and we actually scheduled a Zoom meeting where we um, had staff members who, any staff member who was, had been at camp the past summer was you know, able to, to join in if they so chose. And then we also had um, found four different alumni um, who had very, very different experiences. And one of the things that we kind of in that interview um, sequences, finding out, you know, what did they do at camp? What was their job? And then what are they doing now in their current job? And how is what they're, what they learned at camp, some of the skills that they acquired, how is that helping them be better or be successful in the job that they have now? And it was really eye opening to see um, just four people from very different, you know, one was, um, one person is working in international law, another person um, works with health and fitness, and another person um, does research and studies, the, you know, the weather and, and sort of natural disasters and things like that. So it was really a wide variety of careers. And every single person was able to, to share something that they had gained, even to the point where, and this was not even prompted by me, 
being the facilitator, one of the alumni spoke about writing, um, he remembers writing his camper reports um, every summer and, and how he had to really think about each camper and translate um, what the, the camper was learning and how the camper was adjusting and the personal growth that the camper was experiencing into a written letter to um, convey that um, you know, message to the parents who aren't at camp. And so just gaining those communication skills. And so, um, so it's, 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 so I think one, one place is, 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 can be to start with the alumni. I think that can, can really open some doors um, where that's, where that's concerned. Yeah, I think um, actually it, that really is an incredible opportunity uh, for uh, to develop alumni programs. I know that's a really a hot topic right now for camps is how to develop alumni programs. And one of those ways is for those those core members that you've got that are always going to be the, your champions to have them just talk about their experience. Um, in their jobs or with their friends. And I think that will, that can translate maybe hopefully to uh, uh, other people who maybe didn't grow up going to camp to understand the impact that it's had on them. Yeah. And I also think that um, there's some other camp, some other things that camps are doing that are really kind of, um, you know, working in their favor. And that is, um, I know camps who do like a speaker series during the summer where they might bring some of their alum in, um, you know, once a week throughout the summer and span different career choices and paths. And then, you know, make it, make it optional for staff if they'd like to learn more about what this person did, you know, what their career is about. And then again, how, what they learned at camp, um, is, is played out in that particular career or um, other camps are doing like a career day, maybe between sessions, um, you know, between two different sessions at camp, you kind of have a little bit of a break. And so they bring alumni on, on camp for a whole afternoon or something. And then staff have a chance to, to visit and, you know, learn more from the alums and, and really do some career, career searching and um, exploring. And, and it also, it works in the camp's favor because it shows the camp, it shows that the camp is interested in the staff member beyond just the, the life at camp, but also in their, um, you know, what they do outside of camp. Um, and so I think there's some really cool things that, that you can do to, to foster that um, and really see and then help also show how what you learn at camp can translate into the real world. Right. We also heard from a couple of camps that, um, in addition to having a career fair day sort of thing on camp property is to have a um, resume preparation day where they're helping students in particular develop their resumes so that they can translate the camp experience, the camp job experience into um, their related discipline experiences and, and job positions. Um, having practice interviews opportunities for uh, staff as they're doing job seeking and so on. Those are some other ways that camps are, are beginning to help students make that transition from uh, working at camp to seeing how it actually connects to the workforce and helping them take that next step. And for some camps who don't have, uh, you know, even some camps who are, you know, newer and they don't have that alumni base, um, some of them are also using their parent resources. And um, that's another way to sort of engage and connect your parents with the staff. And so um, 
finding out what careers they have and doing a similar sort of thing as I described earlier with alumni, you could also do it with parents. I know one camp who does a um, very strategic, um, they have their uh, father-son weekends in the spring and they invite their, their staff who will be working that summer, the, the current summer, um, to work the father-son weekends. And on the name tags of the staff members and on the, the, the um, dads who are attending, they have something about their career, like what they do, um, or maybe what they're studying, what their major might be if it's, it's the college student. And, so, and then they strategically um, plan out time, maybe it's during a meal or something where the, um, the parents and the, uh, the um, staff have a chance to visit and, and learn more and share information. So all kinds of, of, of cool ways to engage your camp community, um, all for the benefit of helping the staff um, be more career and workforce ready. Wow. One of the other things, Sam, that I think will be helpful is in the next couple of years, ACA has a research project underway right now. And in the next couple of years, uh, we'll have results back where they are um, collecting data to find out the perceptions that different types of businesses have um, related to people who have worked in uh, camping. So they're asking businesses what their perceptions are when they see on somebody's resume that they worked at camp. And I think some of that is going to be incredibly helpful as we move forward from here uh, for camps to uh, better understand how to connect with the workforce. Yeah, no, that's that's going to be really helpful, I think, and really the first of its kind for us to be able to kind of examine that uh, for ACA and for, I think, the, really the camp community at large. So that's going to be great. So then how, what, if camps who are successfully, um, you know, recruiting staff, how are they keeping them? And are, are they keeping them there for more than one summer? Um, that's a great question, Sam. And so because camps work so incredibly hard to hire staff, um, because of all those, the hours that it takes to, with the application and the interview and the background checks and the, maybe a, you know, a second or third interview and, and just getting everything in, in line, um, spending all that time and effort, um, you want, it, it's to your benefit to, to have them stick around more than just one summer. And so you're exactly right. Um, and so a lot of that has to do with the culture um, that is created at the camps um, where the staff um, have an ex feel extremely connected and, and, and engaged and that they can tell that level of engagement and connection from the moment they um, show interest and and have that first conversation or that first contact with the camp and so just being you know responsive and keeping them informed and in the loop about how the process is going and and how that all works and then once somebody's been hired and is keeping them engaged um, because one of the things that we hear about so much is that camp um, staff sometimes will sign a contract, you know, in January and then it gets to be June and then they um, decide that they're not going to be able to come to camp after all. And so, you know, making sure that, that staff are engaged, connecting them to other staff who are going to be working a lot of camps, of course, use social media for this and maybe have a special Facebook page um, that's designated for or dedicated to um, staff conversation and meeting new staff and kind of having a chance to build that community and that relate those relationships um, on the front end of the summer. Um, I think camps are usually typically pretty good at the, the 
the pre-camp or the, the staff training that happens and making sure staff know what their job is and feel comfortable in their role. Um, but then um, to keep staff, it, it's an ongoing training. The training doesn't just stop once the campers arrive. There's got to be ongoing, whether it's through regular staff meetings or you know, different times where groups can get together to um, learn more about and kind of uh, teach those teachable moments, you know, things that happen um, during a, a typical day at camp and how you can um, learn from those and, and improve and, and become better. Um, the camaraderie between staff is, is huge in terms of the staff culture. And so making sure that staff are supportive of one another and are, you know, team players and are really have each other's back. And, um, and also um, that can, can, can be seen, um, staff want to feel valued and feel appreciated. So how camps are taking steps to, to do that is, is key in their um, staff retention. So, um, so yeah, it, it definitely doesn't stop once they um, sign their contract and they show up at camp. It's got to continue all the way through the summer. And then after the summer's over, keeping them engaged again and um, having those, you know, conversations um, about how they might see themselves, what kind of role um, for, for the next summer. So that way they can learn some new skills or get better at the skills that they started working on um, the previous summer. Great. Kim, one of the things that you just mentioned was how staff uh, need to feel valued. And uh, a couple other ways to, to do that um, is to give essentially public kudos to staff who are doing a good job. So whether that's on the camp Facebook page where they're highlighting perhaps a staff member one a week or something like that and indicating what it is about them that makes them special and a sort of a star counselor. Um, and another way to do that is to send notices to the, um, to the staff member's local newspaper that's always looking for uh, sort of public interest kind of stories and let them know that you have a staff member who's working at camp and here's some of the, the wonderful things that they're doing and how they're making a difference in the lives of, of campers. And, and um, uh, that can help not only in retention, but also in recruiting additional staff members as well. Awesome. You know, one other thing um, that we found is pretty important these days that some camps are struggling with is understanding um, student or um, staff needs are, are different. Young people's needs are different these days, where in the past, staff member might go to camp, they work the full eight, nine, ten weeks. They're there 24-7, they get their one day off a week and their, their evenings or whatnot. Um, and we're not, we're, we're finding in this day and age that young people uh, don't, want to or even have the, the, the capability to have that type of long-term commitment. We find young people who uh, want time off to go to somebody's wedding, to go on family vacations, to perhaps even take an online summer course. And so camps are finding themselves having to be a little bit more flexible in uh, hiring and then scheduling uh, staff so that they they can be away from camp for three or four days and then come back for uh, another three weeks or whatever the case might be. So that's becoming a bit of a challenge for camps. And I think camps are starting to have to think a little bit differently in terms of how to accommodate some of those needs that, that young people have these days. Yeah, that makes a lot of sense. I uh, feel like that's at that age, especially um, that it's almost impossible not to have a series of conflicts throughout the summer. 
great. Well, with staff being so incredibly busy and they're so, um, their semesters at school are just jam-packed with so many things that they have to do and then turn to turn around and, you know, spend, um, like Deb mentioned, eight, nine, 10, some even, sometimes it's even 11 or 12 weeks, you know, at camp is really, um, that, that's getting harder. It's harder and harder to find staff who are able to do that. Um, and some staff have to leave early to, you know, to go back for rush or to, if they're in a leadership role on their, their campus or something or things like that. So um, I think camps are having to be creative and that's another way for them to, you know, be successful in finding those, those quality staff. I can remember when I was um, hiring staff for the camp that I worked at. Um, it, of course, it's, it's great if you can have every single person be there all summer long. It makes your job a whole lot easier. Um, but then, um, but sometimes then you sacrifice. What are the, those really great, awesome counselors who they just can't, because they're so awesome, they have other things that they, you know, that comes up, like Deb mentioned, taking a class or, you know, some other um, leadership opportunity. And so working with them um, and, and, and again, you have to really be creative and innovative in terms of the training and, and, and things like that to make sure that everybody um, has the onboarding that they need for, for a given summer. But, you know, sometimes um, having people, staff members almost job share where, you know, two mm -hmm. counselors make a, a full counselor kind of thing. One works the, the first part of the summer, another works the, the second part of the summer. Maybe both come to training and then um, that kind of thing. I also know um, that, uh, camps who are being um, with being fle more flexible with the, the time off if staff um, request it ahead of the summer. And so having clear policies where you have to have your, you know, any dates that you might need to have off made known to the camp by a certain date and then they try to accommodate so they have time to see how they can cover those folks who might need to be gone for weddings or you know family vacations or things like that um, and then the reality is um, you end up having staff who come back because they had a little bit of a break and they have that renewed energy um, and can help with just sort of morale across the board um, and it can be really beneficial to the whole camp community um, because we all know that you know staff tend to get hit that midsummer slump and so having um, those pick-me-ups mid-season that help keep them motivated and, and charging through so the kids who come the last part of the summer get the same amazing experience as the kids who came you know right out of the gate as soon as the first session started so right. um, I agree Deb you camps are definitely having to do things more differently than they did um, in the past. Right. Great. And I know, um, so earlier, uh, Deb, you mentioned Project Real Job, and um, I can put, when we put this out, uh, I will add a link to our site, where to ACA's mm -hmm. website, where we have some downloadable uh, kind of one-pagers, pages mm -hmm. about, um, about some of these topics that we've been discussing. That'd be great. So I think that is a great place to kind of wrap it up. Does it feel good? Feels good to me. I mean, I think we've covered quite a bit. So, yeah, a lot of food for thought, I think, for whoever's going to be listening to it. Great. Thanks again to Kim Acock and Deb Jordan for taking the time to talk with me. If you're interested in this discussion, check out the Project Real Job downloadable handouts on our website. 
I put a link in the notes of this show. You can find the if you got the if you downloaded this from Podbean, there'll be a link there. If you got it from our website, there'll be a link on that page as well. If you have questions or comments or things you found that work well with for you when it comes to staff, get on ACA Connect and join in on the many conversations happening there. Uh, you might have to sift through a little bit to find the one that uh, Kim and Deb started about Project Real Job, but there are lots of conversations that I noticed that have to do with staff and hiring policies and all kinds of things in this uh, that that relate to this topic. So join the convo. Also, uh, check us out on social media. We're at ACA Camps. Uh, that's on Facebook, Instagram, and Twitter. And uh, thanks so much for listening. All right. Mm-hmm.